It's funny, sometimes, sometimes you know, you, 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 you have a scripture or something on your heart when you're preparing a message to teach. You can have a scripture on your heart and you can prepare it and you think it's going to go one way. And then when you actually get up to teach it, Spirit of God leads you a different way. Uh, even the same scripture, I got the scripture right, and my, but all my preparation, I was thinking I was going to go one particular way. Um, and uh, in last week's message, the, the emphasis was a bit different to what I had planned. But then during the week, I felt actually I need to keep this emphasis going that we started on. So we might still get to the bit of what I'd planned to do, but I, I really feel there's some more we need to dig into uh, in, on, 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 on what I started on last week. So I'm going to remind you for what I said last week a little bit, but let's read the scripture. 1 John 5 verse 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. Notice the terminology, confidence. Confidence in him. It doesn't say anything about uncertainty in him. Yeah? Uh, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, what, what, what in this verse, what in particular, he's dealing with us asking things from him, isn't he? Is it okay to ask God for some things? Is it wrong? Is it okay to have some petitions? You know, some people almost make you feel bad for, for, for wanting some things from him. But you know what? The heart of the Father is to give. And in fact, his provision for us, he wants us to have these things. Do you know that I'm, I'm, I'm teaching a different series down in the, the Dudley Church, and we, we, we're talking about the promises of God. In fact, if anyone wants to join that on Zoom, you're welcome to. It's four o'clock in the afternoon, normal Zoom number. We do the Dudley meeting down there. Um, but um, uh, I'm talking about the promises of God at the moment down there, different subject. And, and one of the things that, 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 that's really I've seen this week afresh, uh, I'm not planning on preaching the message I was going <laughs> to preach down there. I'm going to stick with this message. But one of the things I've really seen afresh this week in a, in a new way as to how central, how significant the promises of God are to our relationship with Him. Now, God's promises are declarations of things that He will do for us. I will, I will, He started with Abraham, I will give you the land, I will bring the seed. Uh, and then there's, are there promises for us? Now, some, some things in the Word are not just promises, they're declarations of what He has done. Okay, And there are promises as well. But there are still promises in the New Covenant because Peter talks about the exceeding great and precious promises. Plural, promises. But you know what? Promises are, are declarations of what God wants to do for us. And some people, you know, some Christians almost make you feel bad for spending time focusing on God wanting to do something for you. But th this is what you need to realize. First of all, it is the Father's heart to meet the needs of people. That's why he sent Jesus. We shouldn't feel bad for realizing, do you know that the enemy keeps individuals bound? The enemy is working in people's lives, whether it's sickness and disease, whether it's conditions in their bodies. That, that is the enemy keeping them bound in an area. And, 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 and people can suffer through that. Pain. <laughs> That's not a nice thing. Okay? And, and, and it is the, the heart of the Father, and He sent His Son Jesus to do things for us. And it's not wrong 
in preaching to focus on God wants to do this for you. I mean, people almost make you feel bad like, well, you know, there's much more important things going on on the planet. Why do you always teach about answered prayer? Because that's core to the gospel. That's the heart of the Father. This is the, 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 the desire for individuals to receive from him is core to our relationship with him. People think, well, no, it should be all about, you know, what we do for him. Actually, his focus is the opposite. The heart of the father is he, he starts the relationship with, with promises of what he will do. He came to Abraham and said, I will do this for you. I will do this for you. <coughs> Why is that so important? This is what I've seen clearer this week. Do you know that promises inspire faith and faith produces righteousness and good standing with God. It all starts with the promises of God. It was the heart of the Father to put us in good standing with Him. So believing His promise is what God considers to be righteousness. The Bible says, God promised to Abraham, I will, I will. And it said at Genesis 15, Abraham believed God. What did he believe? A promise. It doesn't say he believed there was a God. He believed what God actually said. God said, I promise, I will give you a seed. See, look, stars in the sky. So the entire, what produced a righteous person in Abraham started with the promises of God. So if you eliminate the promise and you make people feel bad for talking about, well, God said, I'll do this. You know what? You are eliminating God's design of his process of how we walk in righteousness. Who do you think wants to destroy that process? Not God. God's the one who set that process up. It's the enemy. So it's not wrong to spend time preaching because actually this cycle puts us on the right track to walking in the, the, the righteousness of God the way he wants us to do it. Faith righteousness. Amen? So it's not wrong to teach about these things. He's the one who put all this in his word about, I will answer your prayer. And what we're reading here is actually, you could say this verse is a promise. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I'd call that a promise. What's he, what is he promising? To hear you when you pray. When you take his will, his word, you pray it out. He says, I hear that. That right there is a promise. Okay. Then the next bit's a promise. If we know that he hears us, what's the promise? We know we have. Who wrote this? Not just John. John was the human writer. Who was the author? So who put those words together? Holy Spirit, who wanted those words said? God wanted those words. Every scripture is inspired by God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. He wanted these words said. He wanted this put in print that you can come to place. We know that we have the petitions. Does he want you to know that you have the that word, petitions that you desired of him? He does want you to know that. And he promises and he says, you can, you can know that I hear you. You can know that you've got it. Now, this is where I'm going to link in with what I said last week. Last week, I was talking about knowing that you know, 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 that you know you've got it. Being apt, unshakable, 
absolute certainty and absolute conviction and confidence. I've got it. I've got what? If we ask anything according to as well, the petitions. It's not just talking about your salvation here, is it? Is it possible to come to the place where you know without a single doubt, I have got it? We talked about the faith of Abraham, the unshakable faith of Abraham. Some people think, well, it's normal to doubt. Actually, when you understand the biblical process, you begin to realize God has actually made it possible for us to come to the place where we don't doubt. Our, our natural human wisdom thinks, you know, yeah, we, have, we, we get shaken, we have doubts. Well, actually, you can come to the point where you don't. Now, let, me, let, let me just highlight something here. If you want to go and listen to last week's one, you can. I talked about unshakable confidence. I talked about the fact that Abraham was so persuaded that seed was coming through Isaac that even if Isaac died, that's pretty unshakable faith. Now, what, what is that? It means death itself wasn't going to cause him to let go of the promise. How many Christians let go of believing God at the point of death? Now, I don't mean just them dying. A loved one dies. Well, we were believing for healing, but I no longer believe in healing now because my loved one died. That's not the faith of Abraham. Abraham said, it makes no difference whether my loved one died. I still believe in God through this, and God will fulfill his promise. See the faith difference. I'm not going to be shaken. God will bring his promise to pass regardless of what I see happen. Abraham was so convinced in the promise of God, he believed God will have to raise him up. Yeah? Anyway, that's last week's message. <laughs> it's easy to go along and preach this. I, I felt I needed to drill on this a little bit more. This part of it, we know that we have. Now, I do want to talk about the process, how to come to the place, but, but, but I think we need to dwell on this more. We, we need our eyes opened a little bit more to this truth in this phrase. We know that we have. Notice this. It does not say we believe we have. What does it say? Is there a difference between believing something and knowing something? There's a big difference. Now, if I, I'm going to use some of the illustrations I used last week. I want you to capture something. We've heard a lot about believing God. And, 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 and please believe, believe me, I teach on believing God and believing God is important. But you know what? There is a stage beyond believing and it is knowing. And actually... Your belief can become so solid in you that it's not just, I believe this anymore, it's, I know this. And I'm not talking about knowing it based upon physical evidence. Again, last week I talked about the fact, there's two ways you can know something. You can know it by having physical evidence. I know there's a table here. Well, I can see there's a table here. So I know there's a table there, yeah? <clears throat> you can have physical evidence. But in biblical terms, in the terms of the things of God, we can know things beyond physical evidence because we've got the Word of God. He reveals things to us. I know Karen's asked a few times the questions about revelation and faith, and I actually am going to cover that in the in this series. I was in some of my preparation. We will talk a little bit about that and the role that that plays. But um, but but what I want you to see this is 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 you can know things beyond the physical evidence. I'm going to give you more scripture from this. And actually, so, so 
the kind of knowing I'm talking about right now is not just I know there's a table in front of me because I can see there's a table in front of me. I'm talking about the, the other kind of the other way that you come to a place of knowing things, which is through the word of God and by the spirit of God. You can know things in your heart. And I'm not just talking about knowing through a word of knowledge that someone wanted. You know, word of knowledge, God can reveal things to you. That's what that, um, that's not the kind of knowledge like where God says, well, there's a man down the street who, you know, God can reveal information to you. I'm talking about knowing the things of God, coming to a place where inside of you, you have absolute, confident, unshakable assurance and absolute knowing in what God said and, that, and, and it's truth in your life. It's gone beyond just being, I believe I'm healed and it's now I know I'm healed. It's gone below, beyond just, I, I believe God will meet my needs to the place of, I know nothing will take this out of me. Abraham absolutely knew that when he took Isaac and did that sacrifice, he would be coming back with him. He wasn't just shaking in his boots saying, oh, I'm really believing for this. I believe he absolutely knew we're coming. Both of us are coming back. <clears throat> What's the difference between believing something or knowing something? Let me, let me say this. Let me use one of the illustrations I used last week. Take it out of the spiritual things for a moment. What's the difference between saying, I believe there's aliens and I know there's aliens? What's the difference? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm using an illustration. Now, if someone says, I believe there's aliens, you might look at me and say, well, yeah, you believe that. I believe differently. You know, we'll, well, you know, why do you believe that? Well, because I want to believe that. Yeah? You can speculate. If I say, I know there's, a, there's aliens, you're going to say to me, how do you know? Have you seen them? Well, prove it. Because someone saying, I know that there are aliens is a very different ball game to saying, I believe there's aliens, isn't it? There's something very different in that phrase. And so the moment you say, I know there's aliens, people can say, how, do you, how could you possibly know that? Have you seen an alien spaceship? How, how can you know that? Well, this is, this is the question. How can you know things that you have no physical evidence for? And not just believe them, but absolutely know them. Let me ask you this question. In fact, actually go to the scripture. Let's go to the scripture. Um, no, just before we do 1 John 5, notice this phrasing again. This is the confidence that we have in him. In verse 14, verse 15 says, we know that we have the petitions. Do you see that phrasing? Confidence in God. We know we have it. Yeah. Now, look, I want to show you some similar phrasing in another verse. Uh, I think it's Second Corinthians. Let me just try and find where my reference is. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Now, you will find all over the New Testament, you'll find they use terminology like, we know this. We know. I'm going to read one of those, and let's just think about this for a moment. Everyone there? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. I want, you, I want you to spend a bit of time dwelling on this truth with me. The difference between I believe something and I know something. Because actually... You're, you can come to the place where, 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 where the word becomes so settled on the inside of you that you know absolutely for sure 
concerning the things you're asking God for for healing. And there's no, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside, you're unshakable. And your faith and your believing need, needs to come to that place. Can do. Amen? Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. We, for we know, I know we're reading different Bible translations, but does your Bible say something similar to that? We know. We know that if our earthly house, this tent, now what's he talking about when he says our earthly house, this tent? This meat sack over here. Okay, he says, our earthly house. Why is this an earthly house? Okay, because there's more to me than just a body. There's a spirit on the inside. And my spirit lives in this body. I, I have the Holy Spirit living in here, but also my spirit. My body is just my, it brings me into contact with the natural world, yeah? But what does he say? Yeah, we know that if our earthly house, and he calls it a tent, okay? Well, what, do you know that, you know, if you go camping and you put a tent up, it's usually because there's something inside the tent, isn't there? Some, or someone's going to be inside the tent. You sleep inside the tent. So a tent is a housing, and in, on the inside, that's where you go sleep. So the, the, the person's on the inside. The real me is on the inside. It's just a tent, yeah? We know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. In other words, if the physical body is destroyed, dies, or, or, or you know, even if, if, it, if it's thrown in the fire, because they want to, you know, like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thrown in the fire, persecuted for what they believed, and their bodies destroyed. Well, in their case, it wasn't. They had a miracle. But I'm saying those kinds, you know, how many of you know the human body can be killed and destroyed in various ways? But what does he say? We know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Is at the end if the physical body dies. Now notice this. What is, how does he phrase this verse? Just capture this from it. Does he say, well, we believe. Remember, I'm talking about the difference between knowing something and believing something. Does he say, we believe that if we, will, if we die, we'll, we'll be with the Lord? What does he say? We know it. Now, if you go to some person on the street and say, I know what's going to happen to me when I die. They look at you like, how can you know it? Nobody knows what happens after you die, wouldn't they? they? Say, No, you don't know what happens after you die. You think you know, you hope you know, you believe you know. Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you actually do know? I know what's happening to me. Do you know what? Paul and Peter, they didn't face any. They, they were not afraid to be persecuted because they knew this. But once the body off, we just go be with the Lord. There wasn't just a glimmer of hope they were hoping was going to happen or believe it. They knew it on the inside. Let me ask you a question. How many of you absolutely know you're a child of God? What do you, how do you know? How do you, go, go and explain it to someone on the street how you know. Not, not go and explain to them that you're a child of God. Explain to them how you know you're a child of God. Okay? But... That's more than a belief, isn't it? That's not just, I believe I'm a child of God. Do you know what the Bible says in Romans 8? says the Holy Spirit bears witness on the inside that we are children of God. When you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. And something on the inside bears witness with you. You're a child of God. And out of that bearing witness 
and your understanding of the word, the, the word and the spirit combine on the inside of you and produce inside of you, I know I'm a child of God. I don't sit, I don't sit at home all the time having to confess, oh, I need to, I need to really get this truth. I've got to believe I'm a child of God. Oh, I'm struggling to believe this. I'm really struggling to believe I'm a child of God. Now, I know some people might, but the majority of Christians don't, yeah? And sit there at home having to, I really need to convince myself that this is true. What, what has happened to you? Have you gone beyond just believing I'm a child of God into a place of solidified certainty I'm a child of God? And some guy on the street, you say to him, I'm a child of God. I know what's going to happen to me when I die. I'm going to be with the Lord. He'll look at you like, how, how do you know that? Prove it to me. Because they want physical evidence. They think the only way you can know something like that is if there's physical evidence. And they'll turn to you and say, because there's no physical evidence, there's no way you can know. But you cannot explain it to their head, but you know it, don't you? How do you know it? Do you know there's some things you can't just, you just can't explain. They laugh at you like, oh, you, 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 you can't know that. And you walk away and smile in your face and you think, sorry, you're wrong. You can know that. It is possible to come to the place where you know there's an absolute knowing. That is way beyond, I believe, what's going to happen to me. That is, I know what's going to happen to me. That's why he uses this terminology. We know that if this physical body dies, we've got to place eternal in the heavens. I heard a, heard a minister try to explain this knowing on the inside this way. And I think it's a good way. It helped me. But he said this. How does a bird know to fly south? You know how the birds fly south in the winter? How do they know that? Does a big flashing sun come up on the sky saying, fly south, fly south? How does a bird know that? Something on the inside triggers and said, it's time to go. And all of them go, the whole flock. Do you know, it's quite interesting when you study the animal, look at the animal world, because, I mean, most of you know I love dogs. Actually, I love dogs, cats. Anyway, I was going to say I'm not so big on something, but I know. Okay? I do love dogs, but, um, and I've got dogs. I'm quite amazed. You know what? In order for me to know that it is six o'clock at night, I have to check my phone. I've never been someone for wearing a wristwatch, but I phones over there. I usually have to check. Yeah? We as human beings need to check the time. <clears throat> My dogs know the time of day. I don't have a, they don't have a, a, a wristwatch on. Do your, do your dogs know the time of day? It is amazing how they will come to me at 6 o'clock every night and tell me it's dinner time. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, they were, half, they were fast asleep for the last three hours every day at 6 o'clock Whoa, 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 whoa. They come and look at me. One of them, one of them like, come on. And he won't let it go. And I'll look at him. And you know what? He'll run straight to the kitchen. And if I don't follow him, he'll come straight back. And he'll go, whoa, 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 whoa. And so, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. So he goes, gets really excited. He'll run to the kitchen. And then if I stay, and I, and I, he'll come straight back. What's he trying? He knows it's dinner time. <laughs> okay. But they do the same thing with walks. If, if I, I actually change the time I walk them, I try to throw them a little bit. Sometimes morning, sometimes night. But actually, if I walk them consistently at a particular time for a day or two, it doesn't take many days. 
after about two or three days, they'll start coming to me at that time of day. And they're, they're basically like, it's walk time. And I'm like, prove it to me. You show me, doggy, you show me on a wristwatch the time. You prove it to me. How do you know it's walk time? We just know. And I, I mean, I'm sure scientists think they can figure out a way to explain it. But that to me is an interesting illustration. How does he know the time? How do the dogs know the exact time? So I'm sure some scientists will say, well, they're, they're wired, do they, this, whatever. But for illustration purposes, something on the inside triggers, doesn't it? They know it. They know the time. They know dinner. How do they know these things? This is what I'm trying to illustrate to you. Is, 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 is something inside. How do you know? You're a child of God. And how do you know that when you, when you die, you're going to be with the Lord? Has that got, when you first received Jesus, you believed in Jesus, didn't you? But did that belief become so solid to the point you now know it? Well, some Christians struggle with that, but, but really, the majority, you're supposed to, we're supposed to be at a point we know that we know. Now, is that only supposed to happen with the belief about you being a child of God and going to heaven? No, that's a starting point. You know, every belief you have should become so, I mean, okay, not every belief you have. I'm not talking about aliens believing in it. I'm talking every belief you have in terms of the things of God should, should become developed in you to the point that it is so set you know it and nothing will shake it out of you. That's why in our foundational scripture, when he says 1 John 5 verse 14, he says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know. He doesn't say if we believe he hears us, we believe we have. Now, that terminology is used elsewhere. Mark 11, Jesus used that terminology. Belief is a Bible word. But what I'm trying to teach you is your belief needs to go past being just a belief into I know it. I know this. Let's continue on here in, in 2 Corinthians 5. We know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. How do you know this? Is there physical evidence? Well, we've got the word of God. We've got the spirit of God. That's all you've got. Spiritual things don't take physical evidence. They take the word and the spirit working in your life and your openness and your open heart. You can't always explain it to someone else. And to be honest with you, you shouldn't have to. I will read on in the verse in a moment, but I want to give you one, one other illustration. People, people say, how, how do you know if you're called to be a preacher? I usually shrug my shoulders and say, if you don't know, you're probably not. Because <laughs> you know what? Callings from God are very interesting. God puts a calling on the inside of you. You know it. You know it. There's a knowing. Now, you, now people can become dull to that knowing, especially if they don't follow it. I knew, for, I knew as a teenager I was called to teach the word. Someone come to me and said, how do you know? I'm just, I know. I knew it. How do you know God's called you to be an evangelist? See, people try to get you to explain it. How do you know you're supposed to be an evangelist? How do you know you're supposed to be a pastor? Give me evidence. With spiritual things, you can't. But that doesn't mean you can't know it. An individual can know things on the inside. 
You can know things about what God's called you to, what God's plan for you is. You can know it on the inside of you. It becomes part of you, and there is no way you can intellectually explain it to other people. Now, the physical, the, the natural world struggles with that, and that's why, the you know, you, you, an unbelieving relative will say, well, yeah, I wouldn't step out into ministry. I know you're going to fall flat on your face. Well, I know God told me to do it. I know God. How did Abraham know which direction to go when God said, go to a land? <laughs> yeah? You can know things. And what I'm trying to say is even the promises of God, the who I am in Christ, what Christ has done for me, by his stripes you were healed should become like this. Because our key verse is talking about petitions, asking God for things. I can come to the place where I know I've got what I asked for. Someone says to me, prove it, explain it. You can't prove it, explain it. But you can know that you know that you know this is mine. Have you got the physical evidence? Don't matter if I've got the physical evidence. Nothing will shake it out of me. I know it. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? Okay. So, I still want to talk, we're going to talk, I'm going to dwell on this, we're going to talk more about how to build, how to come to this place of knowing, I've got, I've got a lot of scriptures on this, but I felt I wanted to just dwell more on this issue, I want you to really see this, I want you to, to, be, to, to get this understanding of the difference between believing and knowing, and get the, the understanding built onto the inside of you, that it's possible for me to become so solid in this, that I absolutely know it, just like I know I'm a child of God, just like I know that if I die, I'll be with the Lord. Now, let's keep reading. We read verse 1. Let's keep reading. <clears throat> uh, he's talking about these issues. Verse 2. For, this, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is... Oh, hold on. It's the problem with using iPads when you're reading something. If you touch it wrong, it jumps all over the place. The whole thing just jumped position. Give me a moment. It's in there somewhere. There it is, okay? Uh, with verse 2, verse 3, if indeed having been clothed, um, he's talking about our earthly habitation. Verse 4, our tent. He's still talking about the physical body, but look at, look at verse 6. Let's get to that one. So we are always confident, knowing that. Do you see that terminology in your scripture? And he's still talking about the same thing, our eternal destiny. We are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. He's talking about things relating to physical death, yeah, and being with the Lord, not being with the Lord. And yet he doesn't use terms like, I believe I'm going to heaven. He uses terms like, we are confident, we know this. You see what I'm illustrating? And then, and then, then how does he go into verse 7? For we walk by faith, not by sight. What is it that brings you to the place where you know spiritual things like this? That's a starting point. We, it's a step of faith. Believing, you see, the world says, again, we, many of us, the world says seeing is believing. If I see it, I'll believe it. That's not how the things of God, the things of God work the exact, exact opposite. It starts with grabbing it as a belief. I believe it, and then that produces, I know it. Spiritual things work with taking the step of believing it first, but then it becoming so solid on the inside of you that I know it. Nothing can take it out of me. 
pastors. Now, let me give you, let me, I don't want to uh, give you too many more scriptures on this. But let me introduce this part of it for now. There are two primary ways you can know. And again, I'm not talking about natural knowledge. I'm talking about spiritual things. There's two primary ways you can come to the place where you know you are so solidly established in the biblical truth that you know it. And those two primary ways, I've already mentioned them as message, are by the word and by the spirit. Okay, the primary categories. And I'm going to explore both of them a little bit. Where's, where is the Holy Spirit in, our, in terms of location-wise, in terms of me? In me, okay? Okay, in me, upon me, with me, but we'll focus on the in me part of it for now. Let's, let's go to, let's go to second, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2. We're in 1 Corinthians 5. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. We'll start just in verse 9. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Well, I has not seen, ear has not heard, is another way of saying there's no physical natural evidence, yeah? You can't see it with your eye. Can't, what he's about to talk about, you didn't just figure out with your head. Okay, eyes not seen. But then what does he say, verse 10? But, but because your eye hasn't seen it, we can just never know these things. Is that what he says? Has your, has your eye seen your healing yet? <laughs> In the natural evidence. Has your, has your ear, is there physical evidence yet? Okay. Does that make a difference? In terms of spiritual things, does that make any difference? Is that how spiritual understanding comes? You're going to see it in the natural world. No. It says, even if your eye hasn't seen and your ear hasn't heard and, and you haven't even figured out any way naturally, there's no evidence. He says this, Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us, how? Through His Spirit. This is one of the ways. The Spirit of God can reveal things to you on the inside that's beyond natural evidence. Yeah, in fact, it... Quote, what he actually goes, the but. So one of the ways you can have this understanding is the Spirit of God. And, and in fact, I've raised, who is it that, that on the inside of you bears witness that you're a child of God? Where does that knowing come from? The Holy Spirit on the inside. Can you know things because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is bearing witness to that truth? And in fact, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will bear witness to the truths of the Word of God. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, I've given him to you. He is the Spirit of truth. He will reveal, he will, it says he will, I can't remember the exact term, but terminology he uses in John 14, 15, 16. But it, to the effect of he will teach you the things that I've already said to you and show you more things. That's my paraphrase, yeah? So in other words, he will take what I've said, what Jesus has said, which is the word of God, and he will teach it to you. He'll help you to see it. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you, when you hear a truth, by his stripes you were healed, if you look on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit is there, ready to bear witness to you, with you to the, to the truth of that truth. 
it's one of the things he's trying to do. Our head keeps getting in the way. But if you realize that that same knowing that you have on the inside of you that I'm a child of God is a knowing that the Holy Spirit will, will, will give you in your spirit that I'm healed. He'll give you that knowing. He, it's part of what he, he's in there for. In fact, uh, let, let's go on. Let, let, let me read. The, that was verse 10. Read verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? He says, we've, we've received the spirit who is from God. Is there a reason? Is there a purpose? In this verse, he gives you a purpose for the Holy Spirit. Mother, mother, yours says so that we might understand. And there's nothing wrong with that terminology. Mine uses the terminology that. Yours said so that. So the word that or the word so that means this is the reason, yeah? In other words, he says we've received the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you the reason why we've received the Holy Spirit. So what he's about to say is this is the reason you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Let's read it. We've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? What is the reason he's inside of me? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So is the Holy Spirit only there to bear witness that you're a child of God so you can know you're No, he's there to every single thing God's given you. He on the inside will work with that truth if you let him. And he will bring you to that point. You know it. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is part of how he will work with you. He will work with the word you hear taught. Now we'll talk about the teaching part, the teaching the word part of it, probably another time because we're going to be out of time soon. But actually, the Holy Spirit will help you come to the place with every Bible truth there is. If you will take that word, you'll, you will look to him. This is why we don't just read the word with our heads. When you take the scriptures, when you meditate on the scriptures, the Holy Spirit on the inside is there ready to help you grab that verse. So I know the truth of that verse now. I know what's being given to me freely by God. Because actually knowing that you know that you know that you know is a very important part of that manifestation happening in your life. The devil tries to shake that foundation that you know it, doesn't he? That's doubt. So he's trying to do you oh is it really true? There's so many things, but that foundation coming to the place where it cannot be shaken is a big part of you stepping into some things in that area. And the Holy Spirit, part of the purpose, part of the very reason he's in your life. People might dispute this, but you go and look at John 14, 15, and 16, where Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. You'll realize this. The, the primary purpose Jesus teaches that the Holy Spirit is there is to teach you the things of God. He's put on the inside of you and he it brings light. He brings understanding. He enlightens you. He works with the truths of scripture to bring you to that place. What? What does he say? Here? In the language in Marwan says that we might know. Not just believe. Not just that I might believe it but then I might know it. Can I give you one more scripture? Go to Ephesians 1. 
I'm just introducing these concepts, but a little bit still, even though this is the second one on this. But I want you, uh, we're going to dwell on this. Is this all right with you? Do you want to come to the place you know things? You, you, as much as you know you're a child of God, you know you're healed. It's no longer, I believe I'm healed. It's, I know I'm healed. I got it. It's mine. It's no longer, I'm believing God for something. It's now, I know I've got it. I, I know it. Isn't that what he said in, in, in Corinthians? In, in, sorry, in um, 1 John. We know, we know, we know, we have. I know I've got it. Let's read. How many of you have ever heard of the Ephesians prayers? Let's read this. Listen, notice the terminology. I want you to, I want you to get something, see something beyond just believing for it. Let's let let's let's move out. Let's move past just a, I'm believing for something. Let's move into I oh, know it's mine. You start with believing. You take that step of faith. You believe the word. You grab that. That becomes the foundation. The Holy Spirit connects with that truth on the inside of you, and he will help produce a knowing in that truth if you will let him. Okay? Look at how Paul prays. Hold on. I'm looking at the wrong part of my notes again. This seems to be a consistent problem today. I'm reading another part. Let me get to the bit that I actually want, which is Ephesians. Oh, no. Now I've completely lost it. There it is, Ephesians 1. No, I have lost it. What does Ephesians 1 say? Someone read it to me. Ephesians 1 from verse 17. Sorry, sorry. So that you may what? No. No. Notice that. Okay. I pray. I've got part of it now. So verse 18, Paul is praying this. He, he's praying this for the Ephesians uh, church. And these are good prayers for us to pray. But notice what he prays. He says, uh, um, he, verse, uh, verse 17 talks about, a, you know, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have this verse in front of me. This is the one that is not in front of me. Okay. But he prays, I pray that God gives you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Do you see that? In the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, light coming to your understanding. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in future ones. Light. Because I want you to realize light has a lot to do with coming to the place of knowing. What is light? I'm not talking about natural light. What is light? Light is understanding. When God brings light to a scripture, he gives you the light on that scripture. You get understanding. Where the Holy Spirit will bring light to your heart. Light's got to do with understanding. In fact, that's how he uses it here. The eyes of your what being enlightened? The eyes of your understanding. Your heart, some of the scriptures might say. Being enlightened. In other words, light coming in. Yes? And as the light comes in, what happens? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. My version phrases it like this. I like the way th this one says it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, light coming into you. Then the phrase, that you may know. What happens? What does light produce on the inside of you? Light brings you to the place of knowing. Light. And there's different ways light can come. One, the, the Holy Spirit can bring light on a scripture. The scripture itself can bring light. 
But light is, has got to do with understanding. The, 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 Paul begins to pray for them. The eyes of your understanding being lightened. May light start to shine in your heart. Because as light starts to shine in your heart, what happens? The more the lights go on, the more you come to the place of knowing these things. Get the light. What does the enemy want to do? He wants to keep people in a place of darkness, which is ignorance. Keep you in the fog. What does he want in the church? He, want, he doesn't want people in the church knowing God wants to answer their prayer. He doesn't, you know, half the church will, probably even half, maybe three quarters, maybe, a large percentage of kind of the worldwide church don't believe you can even know the will of God still. Well, you can't know the will of God. I've got scriptures to prove otherwise. There are scriptures which talks about God has revealed his will to us. But because people don't have any light on the fact that you can know the will of God, they are in darkness in that area and they don't believe you can know these things. Well, you can't know whether God will heal you. Why? They don't have light. Because they don't have light, they don't know. But the more light you get, the more light comes on the inside of you. You know what happens? Your belief, it starts with, I believe what God's showing me. And that, the, that light starts to grow and grow and grow inside of your heart. And it brings you to a place of, I know it now. Light brings knowing. You see what I'm saying? So That's why it says, may light come to the eyes of your understanding. Why? That you may know. Some things. I'm not going to go into what he says here, what, what you may know. I just want you to see that part of it. The more light I get, the more I, the more I can come to the place of knowing. The Holy Spirit gives me light. The Word of God gives me light. So the more I put myself into a position where the Word is being fed in, and the more I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit, what begins to happen in my heart? Light begins to grow. And as that light grows, the eyes... The, the lights go on. And now I come to a place where that word grows on the inside of me. So I know, I know that truth. I know that, I know that, I know. Can you know absolutely for certain the will of God concerning healing? I'm not just talking about can you believe. Well, I believe it's God's will to heal. No, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you on this truth. I'm, I've, gone, I've gone way past I believe it's God's will to heal. And I will tell you, I know it's God's will to heal. Someone says, well, no, no, I don't believe that. I'm like, you will not shake that out of me. Now, I'm not just saying that. I, 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 I even, even ups and downs, in, even my own health, you will not shake out of me the core truth. I know it is God's will to heal everybody on this planet. I've, I've believed that for years. I had, I had people tell me in my 20s, well, you know, one day you'll change your belief and you won't believe that. I'm going to tell you now, I'm, I'm 48. I haven't changed my belief on that. I know that I absolutely know that I know that I know that I know it is God's will to heal people. Yeah. Jesus never once said, said no, I don't want to heal you. Okay. But how can you come to that place where you know some things? And then people will argue with you. And they'll, why, why do they want to argue with that? Because they lack light on the subject. They value what they see. But the more, the more the Holy Spirit begins to work inside you, the more the Word begins to work on the inside of you, what happens is light takes you from believing it. You grab it by believing it. I believe that truth. 
But a lot of Christians have stopped there. They stuck at the point. Then now they're trying to convince, I believe this, I believe this. Actually, let the light keep going in. Let light keep going in. Let light go, keep going in. You know what will happen. Belief will move into a place of knowing without any physical evidence. And this is what you want to aim for. Amen? So I, I, hope, I hope there's some good stuff in there for you today because this is what I really want to encourage. Let the, let the Word and the Spirit build every truth in you to a point, I know this. So it's unshakable. Even someone comes and argues with, oh, you can't know whether God wants to heal everyone. I'm sorry, you, you're too late. I'm so established in that truth. You will never talk me out of that truth. I absolutely know it. <laughs> Amen? And then someone will say, well, how do you know that? You can't know that. Yep, you can. Just like I know I'm a child of God. I know God wants people healed. It's gone beyond believing in me. Way beyond believing. And actually, every truth of the New Testament needs to come to this place in your life. Go way beyond believing. Into being so established. I know this. I know this. I know this. Got no physical evidence. Makes no difference. I don't need physical evidence. I know this truth. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord. God, we, we, Lord, we want to come to this place. We want to move past just our belief. This. We want to come to the place I know this. And there, yes, there's people that don't believe we can know. Yes, there's people that do not believe it is possible to know the things of God like this. But we're not listening to them. We listen to the Word and to the Spirit because the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can know. And the Word of God brings that light and reveals that truth. And as the lights go on in the heart and the lights go on in the understanding, the Word of God produces a knowing on the inside of you. And knowing produces confidence and stability and certainty. And we can step into this. So we're not going to listen to the, tru to, to, to the truths being taught by people saying you can't know. We're going to listen to and believe the truths of the Word, the truths of the Spirit. And, and let our attention and our ears tune into what God's saying so that we can come to the place where we know that we know that we know. We've moved past believing. We've moved into knowing. Father God, I thank you for this. I thank you, Lord God, that it is possible. And this is, this is, the, this is the aim now. This is what we, we're setting ourselves, our sights toward. Becoming so established in this. Help us, Lord. We, want, we look to the Holy Spirit. You gave him to us so that we can know. You gave him to us for this purpose. So we look to him on the inside. And we look to the word. Thank you that you opened the eyes of our understanding. Thank you that you shed light on, on the, in our hearts concerning these truths, Lord. And we become more and more established. We yield to your spirit. We yield to your word. And we yield to that light from you, Lord God, establishing us in these truths. And Lord, I thank you. That, and we just continue to declare that we have people are healed. People in this church are healed. Thank you, Lord God, that, 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 that we have a healthy church in the name of Jesus. We continue to declare it. We declare, Father God, for, that we have those breakthroughs. You are moving. You are manifesting. You are moving in our lives. You're bringing the breakthroughs in finances, in bodies, in, in families. We thank you, Father God, that, 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 that the things that you have promised and you've spoken out are, are coming to pass. And we give you the glory for that, Lord. We give you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.